Welcome to Simply Cyber. Music's a little, little ominous. Jeez, Justin Gold with the squad membership. Eight months. Thanks very much, Justin. Good morning, folks. Today is November 29th. Welcome to episode. Get ready for it. 250 of Simply Cyber's daily cyber threat briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, just like I've done 249 other times before. And I'll be giving my expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, what you can do with this information to blow the minds of interviewees or interviewers, excuse me, and also equip yourself to be able to just uh, deliver more value uh, to any organization that's lucky enough to hire you. But before we get into it, I want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsor. First off, my good friends. Barricade Cyber Solutions, Eric Taylor and the gang over there. Listen, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and, uh, and recover from the damages done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. You can go over to their website at barricadecyber.com. You can see it right here on stream. Scroll down just a little bit and there's Eric's calendar already. All you do is click, click, click. Find a time slot that works for both of you. Have a, have a quick, really no obligation, no hassle phone call. The guy's a straight shooter. Trust me, if your house catches fire, you want to have already worked out who your fire department is. There's no, it's the same thing for a business, guys. Also, I want to give a shout out and love to Recon Infosec. Love Recon Infosec, Eric Capuano and the whole gang over there. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but not quite large enough to build a full-fledged SecOps capability from the ground up or wanting to pay for a full in-house capability, check out the Managed Detection and Response MDR offering from Recon Infosec. Their offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. 
Customers gain full visibility into their own environment as well as any incidents being investigated by the recon sock. Guys, it's like getting the full SecOps capability in-house except at a fraction of the price. And they're security people. Like, it's a security business run by security people doing security work. They are excellent at managed detection and response. Seriously consider giving them a sniff. Uh, you can Google Recon InfoSec or there's a link in the description below. Tell them I sent you. Uh, they, you know, I work with them all the time. I, I love them. Uh, I want to remind you, if you hold professional certs that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing like this one is worth half a CPE. So two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat like Dennis just did. I love this channel, Dennis. Thank you, man. Dennis just did. And it's literally documenting that you're here. It's the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. If you're live, love it. Hashtag team live. If you're watching on replay, thanks for catching the stream. Hashtag team replay. And remember, you can catch it on the video replay on YouTube. But if you're driving, working out at the grocery store, in an elevator, whatever your jam is and you want to listen to it only, don't don't sleep on the audio podcast app of choice. You're going to be able to get um, this content. We publish it right after the stream ends. Now, if you want to hang out, uh, if, if you're on Team Replay and you want to hang out, then hang out with us. But you can jump ahead to when we start the news in just a minute. I do want to say a couple quick things. One, what's up, everybody? Happy birthday, Jeremy Williams. Big four zero, my man. Love it, love it, love it. Guys, what's up, Carrie? Good to see you, Tom Bishop. Hey, squad. What's up, Nick Barker? Love it. Esculita, good to see you. Spencer Murphy, team replay all the time, but first time team live. Way to go. Welcome to the party, Spencer. World Haiku's going to get some wonderful stuff. Absolutely. Hey, Paul Tosin. Team live, David Campos. Howdy to you, too. Guys, real quick, I want to share this with you. Uh, there'll be more coming out on the... Um, oh, Jeremy Williams, member. There'll be more coming out on my social medias. But um, Simply Cyber and myself is pairing with Cybersecurity Cares. Uh, Lima Charlie's kind of leading the effort here. They pick a charity once a year. Uh, and it has to do with Giving Tuesday, which is today, which is a big day for charity. Um, they have selected Actions Against Hunger, which is a charity that helps uh, people uh, who are malnourished, don't have enough food to feed kids and stuff like this. The best thing about this is this charity has received the highest rating from Charity Watch, which means basically all the money that gets raised actually goes to feeding people, not into like some slick willies bank account. And then like a fraction of that goes to the people who actually need it. You can see here are the organizations associated with it. Lima Charlie, obviously Recon InfoSec, very proud. Simply Cyber's here. You can see all the other great um, organizations involved. Red Siege, World of Haikus up in here. Uh, Canary um, or Thinkist. Guys, stay tuned for more action about this. I'm trying to figure out a way. Simply Cyber will be donating uh, to this charity. I actually want to set it up where I match any donations made from our community. Uh, I will match it dollar for dollar. Um, but stay tuned for more information on this. Look for the socials. I, like, I, I agreed to do this. I want to do this. I'm excited. I actually personally was um, impacted by not having enough food to eat growing up. Uh, it's a very sensitive topic for me. So this this charity is very near and dear to me. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Um, this is more on that charity. So stay tuned. We will uh, get into all of that. Uh, hey, Aaron KG, I appreciate that. Uh, also, guys, shout out. It's episode 250. I will be raffling off some GRC course 
um, vouchers at the mid-roll. If you've already taken the GRC course, don't sleep on the raffle because you can you can give them to someone, right? Like there'll be like hot links that will enroll you automatically into the course. So uh, uh, stay tuned for the mid roll. Thanks for Aaron KG uh, for suggesting that we do something special for the mid uh, for the 250th episode. Way to go, all of us! All right. So with all that, there's a lot to cover. Let's hop into the news. We're at uh, eight minutes here, so it's a good time to get into the news, right? Thank you all for being here. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Pamela. Yeah, food insecurity really does suck, especially when you're young. All right, here we go. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. Project Zero warns of patch gap. The researchers at Google's security team warned of this patch gap problem across the Android ecosystem. It claims that while Android security fixes often arrive in a timely fashion, downstream vendors lag in delivering fixes to devices. A recent post points to actively exploited vulnerabilities of the ARM Mali GPU driver. These were patched in August 2022, but not pushed to impacted devices. Project Zero noted Samsung, Xiaomi, Oppo, and even Google's Pixel team lagged in patches for this exploit. Researchers then looked at five recent ARM vulnerabilities, which were discovered between June and July 2022 and patched within a month. But it did not see the CVE for the vulnerabilities listed in any downstream security bulletin since. The Pixel security team says the ARM fixes were scheduled to be delivered in the coming weeks. All right. So this is a real problem. Um, a couple of, couple of things, because I've actually attended some uh, some talks at DEF CON years ago, like, or Black Hat years ago, uh, that really, uh, really, really uh, demonstrated and educated me on some interesting things that people might not think of. And this, this news article really, really highlights it. So here's the deal. In the United States, a lot of people have iPhones. But did you know that Android is far and away the most widely adopted mobile device operating system in the world. Uh, main reason is because it's very, very affordable. There's a lot of options. Um, and the rest of the world, you know, like if you can't, you can't afford an iPhone, right? So like, so anyways, there is a massive, massive Android operating system footprint in the world. Now, what they're saying here is Project Zero Flags Patch Gap Okay, so Android OS comes out with a security patch or a new operating system, a fix, whatever it is, and they're seeing that downstream vendors are not patching it. Now, you might ask, why or what's up with that? Here, here's the, the real deal and one that you should be mindful of as you adopt technology personally, okay? <clears throat> the Android operating system is actually quite uh, versatile and flexible and extendable and all these other things. So if you own a Google Pixel phone, well, then you're good to go because they control the operating system and like the patches work right on it, right? If you buy a Samsung device, for example, now Samsung is pretty good about supporting their devices and all that, but let's just use Samsung for an example. Samsung, yes, they put the Android operating system on, but then they put some Samsung stuff on top of it. So think of it as like a, like a sandwich, right? Right, you got your you got your Android OS cheese layer. Then you've got your Samsung flavored uh, like lettuce and tomato and pickles up here. And then maybe you've got some like you know specific for like some deal Samsungs with or whatever right up here. Okay, no big deal. Now here's the problem: when Google changes something 
in the lower base level of the of the operating system, if it has any impact on the top layers, which oftentimes it does, what ends up happening is Samsung in this case for, for the study, Samsung has to go back and modify all of that data to correctly hook into the system calls or API calls or rewrite it if, if like a library goes away and a new one comes in, whatever it is. It is work to maintain those upper layers to work on top of the Android operating system. Again, if you go Google Pixel, it's all right there. All the stuff on top is all part of that one ecosystem. Now, fast forward. So Samsung has a lot of money and a lot of effort, and and they're probably going to keep it up to date. But if you have some like, you know, I don't want to call it knockoff, but if you have some type of like unusual phone or unusual tablet um, that runs Android operating system, you may notice, right? You may have asked this, like, why can't I update my operating system? How come when I go to update, it says there are no new updates, but I'm I'm positive that Google has released three more operating systems, right? Like Marshmallow, KitKat, and, and Jelly Bean or whatever. Uh, I know that they're out there. Why can't I update my device? The reason is because the vendor of the device you have does not want you to be able to update it because it will break all the things. This is what that project gap problem is. Be, I mean, patch gap problem is because you cannot update the devices even if you wanted to because the vendor will not allow you to do it. And now you actually are exposed to whatever exploitation of the security vulnerabilities that have been discovered that have been fixed in future iterations of the operating system. So this is what you need to know. And the important TLDR here is I run an Apple phone. If I was going to buy an Android device, I would purchase a Google Pixel because I, I know that you're not going to get any of these unusual dependencies and stuff like that. Um, so anyways... That that's like mild spice. That was like you know fresh ground black pepper spice. Like not wicked hot, but you know a little bit of a a, a bite to it. Twitter hit with spam campaign. TechCrunch reports that according to China-focused analysts, Twitter saw a significant uptick in spam tweets over the last three days when searching for any major Chinese city. These searches instead show porn, escort services, and gambling content, making it difficult to find any legitimate search results. This comes as demonstrators in China continue protesting the country's zero-tolerance COVID-19 measures. Given that China blocks access to Twitter, it's unclear how many Chinese users actually access the site through VPNs. The Washington Post reported Twitter was aware of the spam issue and was working to resolve it. This comes after the company reportedly laid off 80% of its contractors, many of which were used for content moderation, and the resignation of trust and safety head Yoel Roth. All right. So, I mean, I just I just typed in Beijing into Twitter and all I'm seeing is protests and revolution. So um, I guess they got this cleaned up, but it's not surprising guys. China is like this. This is an authoritative regime and there's hundreds like, or at least thousands of people in the streets uh, protesting. Uh, that, that's certainly not the way that uh, China wants it to go down. Um, okay. So let's talk about this. Um, if you search for a city in China, all sorts of like, basically noise shows up. That's what they're trying to do. I don't understand. Um, I, I, for the, for this to work, China would have had to have activated their bot Twitter bot army to just start spamming like Shangxin or Beijing or wherever. And then porn, 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 right. In order to pollute 
the feed in the algorithm in Twitter. And the fact that they were able to do that says a lot about how many bots they have. Now, this is kind of like an, this is almost like a disinformation denial of service campaign because you're trying to deny access of the actual information that people actually want to consume by uh, muddying the waters, if you will, with spam and other noise and crap like that. So it 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 is, it's a very unusual kind of denial of service attack. Again, with denial of service attack, you need to maintain it. You would have to keep spamming the crap out of Twitter with all these posts and the city names in order to get the um to get the the, the algorithm to find it. And obviously, as I just proved, uh they were not able to maintain that because the word is out. The word is out, man. People are people are pissed. People are not happy with this quarantine, man. Um, again, it, it seems so timely having read V for Vendetta over the weekend. But um, anyways, it's th there's a bigger story of what's going on in China, but this is an interesting kind of unique case study of how you can deny access to information on a public, huge social media platform like Twitter. Obviously, this takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of bots, a lot of control. Um, so... Interesting. Canadian food company refuses to pay ransom. The Canadian packaged meat company Maple Leaf Foods was hit by a ransomware attack in early November, causing a system outage. A spokesperson told The Record that threat actors obtained access to some of our data, but that it refuses to pay their ransom demands to keep them from leaking it. Since disclosing the attack, Maple Leaf said it's working with customers and suppliers to minimize disruptions and offering impacted employees two years of credit monitoring. The Black Basta ransomware group took credit for the attack, showing on its leak site it obtained contracts and invoices. All right. So meatpacking plant manufacturer, um, our friends to the north, Canada. Um, so they refused to pay the ransom, and understandably so. They may be saying, oh, like, we don't deal with terrorists. But in reality... It sounds like some of their IT systems are compromised, maybe accounts payable or something like that. They are able to continue to butcher, pack, ship, and safely you know, distribute their product, which is meat in this case. Uh, so all plants continue to operate in spite of the attack. They didn't suffer any downtime. So of course they're gonna tell the ransomware threat actors to pound sand. Like we're still printing money over here, pal. Like. Who cares? Suck it. Suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. Um, I will say, you know, good for them. Um, I'm glad that they weren't compromised that way. Black Basta, obviously, they're going to leak the data, but it, it seems like this food giant really doesn't care one way or the other. Um, so that's cool. I do want to point out, it's worth noting that um, this could, this is a little bit different. If you guys remember, uh, our evil hit, um, there's a JD... JDC meatpacking. There, there's a um. Is it JDC? Um. Yeah. Um. J JBS. JBS. Last year, two years ago, there was a major, major attack on um, JBS, which is a. They account for about 25% of the meat in the United States that's consumed. And they were messed up for a minute. And that actually caused a bit of a problem for 
um, the price of meat and supply chain. At, you guys got to remember, food and agriculture is one of the 16 critical infrastructures in the United States. Don't do not mess with our food. Uh, so I'm glad to see that Canada didn't suffer a major like you know issue or anything with this. Got to get them stakes. Operation on. takes down spoofing services. Law enforcement authorities in Europe, Australia, the U.S., Ukraine, and Canada coordinated to take down a spoofing website that stole a suspected $120 million from victims. This included the arrest of 142 suspects in the case, including the main administrator for the site. The site offered buyers the ability to send spoofed calls, recorded messages, and intercept SMS-based two-factor codes. UK investigators took the lead on the takedown, working with European counterparts since October 2021 on the case. Jesus and now, Christ. All right. So first of all, obviously. That's the sound of the police. Guys, got to love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Law enforcement authorities across three different continents. Way to go, internal stranger. Australia was up in this mix. Arrested 142 people uh, around the spoofing campaign that has resulted in $120 million uh, in fraud. So Jesus. Guys, if you're getting... Um, if you're getting fake, you know, phone phone calls from like local numbers, but it's total crap. Uh, these people prey on Carl. Carl. They prey on, you know, your your grandmother. Like it's 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 bad. Th these guys are bad. I'm glad that Interpol or law enforcement actually went after the service providers who enable these type of criminal actions, not just going after the criminals themselves. You know what I mean? Like don't just cut one of the heads off like like skewer the body, right? So I'm definitely pumped about this one. Um, you know, unfortunately, if I had to guess, you know, uh, this will just slow down. But this operation, $120 million in, in fraudulent profit, there's no question, that just like dark web marketplaces, another spoofing service will get stood up um, in, in no short time. And, um, you know, there'll be another, another, there'll be another, um, group doing this so this just slows it down but i definitely pumped way to go way to go way to go yeah scammer payback exactly i love it hey brady mcnulty good to see you uh and jeremy yeah i'm reading uh i'm reading this is how they tell me the world ends excellent book excellent i just i did v for vendetta because I, I knew i could rip through it in a weekend from our sponsor automox are you ready to say goodbye to manual patching with Automox, you can automatically patch your Windows, Mac OS, and Linux devices with one easy-to-use cloud-native platform. Modern patching can and should be easy. Save time and sleep better at night knowing your IT environment is secure with automated cross-OS patching. Visit Automox.com to learn more and start a free trial today. That's A-U-T-O-M-O-X.com. Hey, 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 hey. All right, guys, it's the mid-roll. Uh, it's Tuesday, which isn't a day that's been appropriated yet. I just want to say thank you to all of you for being here. Uh, we represent, we bring it, we help each other out. I see people celebrating wins in chat, people asking questions in chat, absolutely loving it. Uh, again, really, really special shout out and thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec for their support of the show, uh, enabling me to put together not just this show, but also fund some of the other projects that I'm working on, like the um, different roles pivot to cyber. Yesterday I filmed retail to cyber, Carrie. Yesterday I filmed stay at home parent to cyber. Later today I'm filming paramedic to cyber. So 
Um, a lot of these projects, uh, you know, it, it's really, really, really much appreciated. So thank you, all of you, for all that you do. Uh, again, stay tuned to the socials as I uh, share how you can get involved with Cybersecurity Cares um, and Action Against Hunger, the charity. Um, I saw someone mention, like, mailing me receipts for donations. Don't do that. Um, just stay tuned. Uh, I've asked Lima Charlie to give me more information on how we can figure this out. Worst case scenario, I'll, I'll just donate, you know, whatever, 500000 bucks or something and, and call it. So, um, so I appreciate that. But stay tuned to the socials. Uh, remember, if you haven't signed up for the Simply Cyber newsletter, Get it on Monday mornings. It, it's literally just a newsletter that straight up tells you three actionable things that you can do immediately to um, get value uh, for your, for your uh, business, right? Like literally copy and paste this email and send it to your end users. Copy, like go to this link, pull this report down, send it to your executives and tell them that there's an 85% risk reduction technique that they can implement, right? It's straightforward to the point. It's an awesome newsletter. I'm very proud of it. So get on that. All right, we are gonna do um, a raffle right now because it is our 250th episode. Give me one second to uh, get this up. And while that queues up, I have a uh, request for feedback from you guys. Giveaways, keyword. All right, enter the GRC chat right now. Keyword GRC to enter. Keyword GRC to enter. If you want to get a, um, if you want to get, uh, win a GRC, uh, I'll, I'll raffle off five of them right now uh, for 250th episode. All right, I see people entering. That's great, guys. While you're entering the chat, I have a new, a new thing that I've been doing. I kind of want feedback on it. Okay, on LinkedIn, I'm just pulling LinkedIn up right now. Oh, I'm live on LinkedIn, obviously. Uh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. I got a lot going on here. I just want your feedback on this, guys. Some of you may have noticed I started uh, starting on Monday, and I'll I'll, I'll I'm gonna what the heck I'm gonna continue doing it for a while. Here I start doing this. Have you guys seen this yet? So I have started doing um, like basically a post that's just like a news story, kind of like what you see at the gas stations. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I started doing this on my YouTube, on my LinkedIn account. If you get value out of it, like it, share it, whatever. If you think if it could be better, share with me how it could be better. I'm looking for feedback on this. I am doing one story a day. Uh, 60 second news is what I'm calling it. Holler at me uh, if you got any thoughts on it. All right. Thanks, Simply Mi Simple Minds. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Let's go ahead and draw the GRC. Again, if you have any feedback on this like fun thing I've been doing, holler at me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to draw the GRC winners right now. If you want to, uh, if you win, connect with me on social media and we'll go there. I'm going to try to write this down as people get announced so I don't have to go back and watch the video because that's really time consuming. Uh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Here we go. Here we go. I want, give me like a one minute song, uh, two minutes. Here. What's this?
No, that's not good. There we go. This one's fun. <laughs> All right, let's draw some GRC winners. How to be a YouTuber in the cyberspace. I'm actually working on a course, Jeremy Williams, on how to do just that. Um, all right, here, let's draw some winners, y'all. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Here we go. You can only answer, you can only enter once, Judah Tunes. So uh, slow down on that. Here we go. Bobby Holmes. Bobby Holmes is our first winner. Nice job, Bobby. Our next winner is... Bill Green, squad member. Thanks, Bill Green. Cheers to you. Here comes our next winner. Richard Moreno. Richard Moreno. Good job, Richard Moreno, on winning that GRC course. Here we go. Holler, 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 holler. Matthew Necci, squad member. Good job, Matthew Necci. And our final winner today for episode 250 is... Lisa Fox. Way to go, Lisa Fox. Connect with me on Discord. Winners, so Bobby, Bill, Richard, Matthew, Lisa. Please connect with me on Discord, and I will get you your uh, winning, your prize, okay? Good job, everyone. Thanks for playing. Thanks for having fun, and thank you to Aaron KG for uh, reminding me that it was episode 250. I've been really, really busy, y'all. So good luck, everybody. I mean, uh, congratulations, everybody. All right, let's continue down the road of news. Meta hit with another privacy fine in Europe. Ireland's Data Protection Commission fined Meta 265 million euros for failure to take steps to prevent a data leak of personal phone numbers and other profile information impacting over 500 million users. Meta disclosed in 2021 that a malicious actor published the information, which was scraped from Facebook using its contact importer tool back in 2019. Meta says it did resolve the issue at that time. A Meta spokesperson said it hasn't decided if it will appeal. This marks the third fine against Meta from Ireland's DPC over the last 15 months, bringing total fines up to the equivalent of $900 million. Damn. GDPR is no joke, man. In Ireland, Ireland specifically, I feel like Ireland's got like a vendetta out on Facebook, right? I, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel, and, and I might be getting this wrong. So fact check this. I feel like Facebook had an office or like a, like a building or whatever somewhere in Ireland. And when all this GDPR stuff came out, they like closed that thing down and people lost jobs. And I, I feel like Ireland's pissed because... They, like, they come after Facebook uh, on the regular. So $900 million is no joke. I mean, that's close to a billion dollars in fines in 15 months. Um, now, granted, Meta is one of the, like, the most wealthy companies in the world. So it's not super bad, but still, a, a billion dollars kind of sucks. Um, you know what? You know what's kind of unfortunate? I could see Facebook appealing this. Like, dude... Like they had some, they had some, um, service and it wasn't, it, it was compromisable. It could infract on GDPR and they fixed it. Right. So they, they fixed it, but they still get hit for $276 million fine. I guess not for doing their due diligence or being thorough. Again, this is just a kind of high level story. So it's possible that they originally were told to fix it and then they didn't. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but guys, you know, you don't have to go far to see 
that GDPR has real teeth and that the European Union is all about um, privacy and protecting individuals' privacy. This is from a data scraping link. We just read yesterday about WhatsApp and half a billion users' phone numbers compromised, right? That would be data scraping, likely. Uh, and that, and this could, you know... <laughs> dude, mark my words. I could see Ireland suing Facebook or whatever, fining Facebook for Irish people's phone numbers that were compromised in the WhatsApp leak um, that, you know, was speculated it was data scraping, but whatever. Like, they have them all by the countries, and there's a bunch of European ones in there. So... Stay tuned for that, like in six months. Scale of UAE's phishing problem. Security researchers at CloudSec published new details about the scope of a phishing campaign impacting the Ministry of Human Resources in the United Arab Emirates. Back in July, the researchers found malicious actors targeting contractors in the UAE with phishing domains, luring them to click through domains for vendor registration and contract bidding. Now, CloudSec discovered additional clusters of domains used for these campaigns, strategically registered to target industries like travel, oil and gas, real estate, and investment. The researchers noted the threat actors recently turned to fake job offers to further lure victims. The operators used pre-stored static web pages with similar templates to make it easy to shift domains in the event of a takedown. All right, all right. Um... All right. So yeah, I mean, this isn't surprising. Business email compromise is a attack where you basically trick a business into paying you for services that you didn't provide or some other business provided services and you get in line and getting in the way and you change the account number. So the criminal gets paid and the legitimate business does not get paid. Business email compromise can manifest in a couple different ways, but it is a close second to ransomware as far as uh, scope of um, how widespread it is and financial burden on victims. Uh, it just doesn't get as much pub as ransomware. So it's not a United States problem. It is a business problem. And there's businesses all over the world, including governments, just like UAE. So um, it's not surprising that these threat actors are doing this. This is just an example of one victim, one story, but this is happening all over the place. There is nothing crazy new going on here. This is an opportunity to remind your finance, accounting, HR people, right? All, all the people who are back office, you know, cost center, corporate operations people, that they are targets and they, they can be targeted. It doesn't necessarily have to be the CFO only, right? These HR people are getting tricked to go fill out vendor recs. Um, who knows um, if it's to you know download malware or if it's to get their credentials. Either way, uh, when you fall for a phishing campaign, you are giving the victim something, whether it's access to your systems, access to your email, so then they can go through that and then impersonate you and request um, a transaction be made. Again, this this story is just par for the course as far as like what's going on. It's not necessarily, um, you know, groundbreaking or anything like that. Crypto winter comes for BlockFi. Another crypto stalwart domino falls. The cryptocurrency lending platform BlockFi filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the U.S. court for the District of New Jersey. It paused all activity, including withdrawals, since November 10th. The company claims to have $256.9 million in cash. The bankruptcy filing will focus on recovering all obligations owed to the lender, although this involves significant recovery from FTX, also currently in bankruptcy proceedings. The company will reportedly lay off a large portion of its staff.
I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Oh my God. Okay, so BlockFi is going under. Yeah, they're the, so they file for bankruptcy. They're totally gonna um, like most of their money is in FTX, which has gone under, and which is um, like there's like a billion dollars missing. So uh, by the way, like you, me, Haircut Fish, Dave Campo, Cyber Munchkin, Matthew Natchi, Pamela, all of us. If we had money in BlockFi, we're not getting our money back. The people who might get some money are like the heavy, heavy VIP debtors who, you know, like had contracts in place, definitely didn't go through the front door uh, with BlockFi. This is what's going on. Dude, crypto is collapsing because of this thing called contagion. Contagion is basically where these, these crypto projects are all incestuous and they like you know, like they take your money and then they invest it in like their buddy's platform and they're all in the buddy's platform, like turns around and shows how much money they're making. So then anyone who puts money in there, they turn around and invest it in the other buddy's platform. They're all in bed together. And when a big one like FTX with $12 billion collapses because they're, you know, taking advantage of the money that they have to, to like essentially gamble in a, in a, asset that has no real value except for hype this is what happens y'all um this is just another one blockfi is just another one guys get in line set like get a yogi bow get a beanbag chair you know nuzzle your butt in there really good order some popcorn and a, and a cold drink and get comfortable because this is just the beginning of all of this crap collapsing a uh, genesis is going to collapse Likely, okay, that's speculation. This isn't financial advice. I'm not a financial manager, whatever. Um, I, just all of these ones that are in bed together, they're all they're all going, right? Even Binance had a huge piece of FTX, which they uh, liquidated <laughs> and effectively was the final domino to push FTX down. But, but um, you know, just be mindful of this, man. Crypto is super, super risky. I also saw just in, you know, this isn't really cybersecurity related, but I saw that Sam Bank Bankman Freed, who's like the head of FTX, the guy who's like, you know, was using it as like his private fund, uh, is going to answer public questions today. I don't know who's asking the questions. Hopefully they're hard questions. Uh, Gemini, I, I don't, I, I don't know about Gemini. Uh, Gemini might be in, in the mix too. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about um, different crypto stuff on the, on the cyber uh, threat briefing. But anyways, just know it's going to get way ugly before it gets better. Crypto, it's a scam. Uh, <laughs> um, Finbrock can love it, love it, love it, but I don't. AWS launches encrypted messaging for enterprises. At its reInvent conference, Amazon Web Services released the first preview of AWS Wicker, an encrypted messaging service first announced back in July. The timing comes right after Amazon announced it would close the consumer-focused Wicker Me messaging service. AWS designed the service to let enterprise users securely use text, video, and media messaging while meeting auditing and regulatory discovery requirements. This includes setting data retention policies for either the cloud or on-prem. The messaging service will integrate with AWS Management Console, letting admins send IAM access policies and group permissions. This week... All right, so that's interesting. Um, so I, I'd heard about Wicker. Guys in chat, did anyone use Wicker? Wicker was supposed to be like an alternative to um, like WhatsApp or Discord. I, I believe, I think it was more like 
more like WhatsApp than it was like Discord, but essentially it was supposed to be a messaging application. Um, it never really got um, major traction. I mean, there were some people, I remember like exploring it and not being like super into it. Um, but they've officially sunsetted the consumer version and they're launching an enterprise version. So uh, savvy business move from AWS. My guess is that they use the consumer version to work out all the kinks, workflows, understand how, how it could work. So then they could turn around and sell a um, polished, finished utility to business enterprises. Um, if you think for a second, Microsoft Office platform offers Microsoft Teams uh, as a messaging app as part of that full um, product suite, Office suite. So if AWS is going to really try to make a play into uh, competing with Office 365 or competing with Google Workspace, uh, which AWS fully has the infrastructure to be able to do, they will need an enterprise-grade messaging app, and that's what this is. So uh, stay tuned. I guess this this would just lead me to believe that Amazon's going to try to make a push to, you know, actually really compete with Microsoft Office. It's going to be, uh, or excuse me, Office 365. It's going to be tricky though, because there's already a massive market saturation with uh, with Microsoft Office 365. So AWS is going to be uh, swimming upstream uh, to compete with this, but this is part of what they need to do uh, to do it. Yeah. Okay. So it's akin to Slack. So I guess it's more like Discord, Slack, Microsoft Teams. So my my um my theory is that they're going to be making a play in 23 in order to compete with Microsoft Office. So it's again, it's going to be hard, dude. Vendor lock-in is real. If you guys have ever heard the term vendor lock-in, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't heard vendor lock-in, here's the 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 nickel tour version of it. Vendor lock-in is where a vendor makes it very easy to get on their platform and makes it incredibly painful to get off their platform. Why painful? They make it painful because if you're unhappy with their services or you're like, oh, this product sucks, and you're like, or this product does not meet my business needs, you're like, okay, how much time, effort, and energy does it take to migrate to a competitor's platform? Oh, it's going to take three months and $80,000 and we have to put other projects on hold. Oh my God. Okay. Let's just do it for three more months, six more months. We are locked in whether we like it or not. That's vendor lock-in. They don't want you to go. That's why they make it difficult to like migrate your data off, ex ex you know, export your settings, all that stuff. It's all about vendor lock-in. Okay. Which we see all the time with security technology companies. On the CISO series podcast, we're talking about the often oxymoron. All right. So that does it for today's news. Let's do some otter funk here. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the stream. It looks like we're at 1043. So NCC group and base case, we kept it at 45 minutes. Guys, I do want to address uh, a story that we had yesterday. Uh, if you guys were here yesterday, there was a story about businesses asking their cybersecurity um, employees to volunteer at nonprofits. And that was good for retention. I had a couple people reach out to me and say, oh, my company does that. We have a paid work day where in a chair, like a nonprofit that's been designated where we get to go work and support them. People love it. It helps with the retention. I want to be clear. I was not saying that nonprofit, uh, nonprofit work and helping um, nonprofits out with cybersecurity is a bad thing. My my issue was that 
the businesses were saying, go find nonprofit work and do it on your own time. If your business is working with a nonprofit and gives you time off of your job to go help them with their job, that's the business taking on um, the burden of the financial responsibility of paying for you to go help someone else. I'm all for that. I love that. Going and finding my own nonprofit and working on the weekends because my employer told me to, thats that seems like a, a reach, uh, an overreach, frankly, and doesn't make any sense for me to want to stay working for my employer. So there was a, a very key difference there that I wanted to be clear about, okay? All right, so that does it for the stream today. I do have a um, paramedic to cyber video that I'm recording in 15 minutes with one of my, uh, with the Simply Cyber community member, but I'll talk for just a minute. I want to remind everybody that cybersecurity cares, which Simply Cyber is a part of, will be um, supporting action against hunger with donations. Um, I think today through maybe the 16th or something like that. Stay tuned for more information. Simply Cyber, um, you know, guys, there's, there's, membership money there's youtube ad money right like simply cyber does generate some revenue so i you know i will be since i'm in charge of simply cyber i will be donating uh if i can i'm gonna try to do it uh dollar for dollar up to say like a thousand dollars uh to this charity or i'll just make a blanket uh donation on behalf of all of us for this charity uh, but stay tuned to the social medias on how to get more information. There's a hashtag. I think it's hashtag Giving Tuesday um, that is trending and that will be associated with. So, um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Oh, as far as updates go, um, yeah, December 8th will be the first 8 a the start of 8 a.m. I just found out that December 6th is a, um, is a, I have a final day of, class at the Citadel. So December 6th is my last 10 a.m. Uh, briefing until the spring semester. Thank you, Justin Gold, for that. Okay, so it's so show times, guys. Here are the show times. Monday, starting December, I guess the easiest way to put it is today, December 1st, Thursday, December 6th, Tuesday will be at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. All other daily cyber threat briefings will be at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So starting December 7th, all cyber threat briefings will be at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until um, January 2023. I Hopefully that's clear. Um, hopefully that's clear. Let's see. Thank you. Have a great day, Alana. Good to see you. Pick me up as the fifth person. <laughs> Guys, a reminder that um, this... Um, Friday, I'm launching a new show. It'll be the pilot episode this Friday. You can see the Simply Cyber channel on stream right now. Um, Simply Cyber Office Hours After Dark. That's a working title. We'll change it on the stream. This is December 2nd, Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope some of you can make it. This is going to be a very relaxed show. Cybersecurity t-shirts and beers or drink of choice. Um, we'll have some opening thoughts and then we'll kick it off to all of you. I have... I have it set up so it's going to be like a radio call-in show. You jump on, you give your take, you know, like whatever it is. You get 60 seconds, give your take, uh, and then we'll drop you. Uh, we'll, we'll grab another person if they have a, a take on the same topic, or we'll discuss your take, and then we'll pivot. 
It's going to be, I'm trying to model it after a sports talk radio show, except it's a cybersecurity sports or cybersecurity talk radio. So I will not be taking vacation in December. Dennis, I don't take vacations. I probably should, uh, but I don't. Bring your own Kool-Aid. That's right. It'll be fun. The pilot episode uh, will be good. Oh, guys, uh, Base Case reminds me of something. If you guys, um, this is a, like a really fun thing. Um, if you have a chance, if you want to do this, this right here on channel, on stream, this is at Costco. Again, I know not everybody can do this. This is at Costco. There is a hashtag beer love channel on the Simply Cyber Discord. Some of us have purchased this Brewer's Advent calendar. There's like 24 beers in here. They're tall boys, which is awesome. And um, we are going to be drinking these beers together and sharing notes, comparing. So if you're into beer, if you're into uh, talking about beer and having fun, this is like an activity that we're doing through the month of December. In fact, I'll happily be drinking my December 2nd beer, Casey, on the Simply Cyber Hours After Dark uh, for the advent, okay? So get on that if you guys want. The new show is at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Spencer. You can go to simplycyber.io slash streams for the upcoming shows. What's up, Base Case? I mean, uh, BSEC. No IPAs. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's IPAs in there. Here's all the beers. So cool. Um, anyways, if you wanna if you wanna party, <laughs> if you wanna party, if you're all about good times and you wanna party, uh, grab this Costco advent calendar and hang out with us. All right, Robert Mueller's in the house. Pamela. Nice. Oh, very cool, BSEC. Hashtag Stout Life. I love it. Party. Absolutely. All right, guys, I'm going to peace out of here so I can do a couple things before the um, before the 11 o'clock video. But, you know, take a look at the shirt because it'll be in that video when it publishes uh, <laughs> in a couple weeks. Oh, that'd be awesome, Tom Bishop. I'd love to go to Italy. That would be so cool. All right, guys, have a good one. We will see everybody um, tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Cheers.